0: This is brother Fred coming <laughs> at you with my cousin brother rob and we're going to talk about a lot of wonderful things so hello brother rob how you feeling today
1: hey how you doing now feeling pretty good yourself
0: Uh, oh, doing great doing great this is this has been uh 2020 keeping has been an faith. amazing year right
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it's been an amazing year it's just, been, it's
1: just been a long year of keeping the faith and uh going through and making it through the test that we've seen in 2020 so
0: it's been an amazing uh year um for any believer i've I've never seen so many people come to me as non-believers wanting to know more about god and and his faith and his plan for us and um everything that uh god wants us to know in this in this you know such trying times and the beautiful thing and we've talked about this before um, brother Rob, is that God is large and in charge. So we are, yes. <laughs> as we discussed, God has never learned anything because he knows everything. And there is right. nothing that happens on this earth, good or bad, that is not for the greater good of God. So we have to make that clear right off the bat, because I know a lot of people have been saying, how can God allow this COVID to occur? And how can God do this? And how can God allow this to happen? And, you know, God gave Satan reign over the earth. But Satan still is under God's control of what he can do, what God will allow him to do and not do. So trust me and believe me, listeners, when you're listening in on this, everything that's happening right now is 100% according to God's plan. We're going to discuss five things about our Lord and Savior, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus Christ, that um, some of them are more of who was the man sort of thing, and others are getting into the gospel of God and Jesus and what what it is we're supposed to be doing with our lives and you know what we accept when we become believers of God so I basically you know in the last week posed five questions that uh brother Rob and I are going to go into and just this amazing stuff and I did a lot of research behind this and the first question is what is the holy trinity The second question is going to be, when was Jesus born? We all have this mindset that he was born on December 25th. And I'm going to share some thoughts with you as to why he probably wasn't born on December 25th. Uh, What was Jesus' primary mission for being here, for coming here? Why was he put on this earth? Why was Jesus nailed to a cross? Why was Jesus nailed to a cross? And the fifth one, sort of thought is, (laughs) and I hear a lot of people ask me this was Jesus married? And that's pretty interesting. Good question.
1: There's been a lot of stories about that. A whole lot of stories.
0: (laughs) And the answer to that, and and in my research, that was the simplest one to um, sort of shed some light on, Brother Rob. And it's going to, yeah, we're going to
1: keep that to the end, right? Keep, keep the listeners hanging on.
0: And we're, we're going to keep you hanging and up was, to the end of that. So hopefully you'll hang around to hear the uh, that part of the discussion. That that that's going to be an interesting thought for
1: for. Now, any one thing group. I thought that was, yeah, one thing I thought was pretty interesting. You were um as we were chatting earlier, you were discussing there were competing narratives about Jesus's life, and could you tell me a little bit more about that? You know, you were mentioning Andrew versus Paul, and you know who was the more successful. In terms of um, shaping the narrative that we know about Jesus today,
0: yeah, that's a pretty interesting uh, because, it, you know, God has been really, we've been flying to his script of how he wanted this world to go in, in every moment of the history of mankind from, from Adam and Eve all the way down to where we're not, where we are now. And what's interesting is you had Andrew, his brother Andrew, who had his own belief system in who Jesus was. Because after all, he grew up with his brother and he knew Jesus was a holy man. He knew Jesus was the son of God because he saw enough to really believe and know these things. But, you know, his viewpoint of of the Jesus, because he grew up with him, was a little bit different than what... um, what god revealed to the apostle paul and if it's kind of interesting uh our brother rob because of andrew and, and they had like a little tug of war uh back then and it was a, it was a, it came down to the winner takes all and the loser basically had to shut up and let it fly and of course we all know if you read your bible that the apostle paul who wrote some of the Uh, gospels while he was uh, in prison waiting his own execution who was beheaded for his faith and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get into um uh you know why was jesus nailed to a cross and and what believers have to do as far as being persecuted but um paul basically won the argument by by default and a few things happened that aligned with that but um it's 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 mind-boggling because the the gospel basically Paul started the gospel and it's the same gospel that we are using today as well into the future of of who Jesus is and you know the, the gospel includes the trinity and that goes into the first <laughs> topic is what is the holy trinity and we all know the trinity as what brother Rob? the
1: father, God the son, God the holy spirit.
0: God didn't leave this open to debate at, at, about what the holy about what the Trinity is, so it's kind of interesting, and he didn't leave it up to question and debate or anything else. so Father, we got our Father, our heavenly Father, and just just a physical description of God will tell you how big and how powerful He really is. I mentioned earlier, right? God has never learned anything. He's always known everything. He exists outside of time in the fact that he made time when he created everything. He created the universe, he created everything. And I know scientists have their big bang theory and blah, 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 which makes sense because science is not a bad thing all the time. I, I feel science is man's way of trying to prove what God already put into motion because god is so immense he god feels a hundred percent of his universe at the same time he is everywhere all the time he can make himself smaller than an atom he can make himself bigger than a known universe no human can directly look at or address god everything goes through jesus so when you get saved or, and baptized you get saved and baptized because of the blood that, that was shed on calvary through jesus when you pray your prayers go through jesus he's the interceder for all of our prayers but this podcast is intended mainly for not so much for believers, but for the person who wants to believe, who needs to believe, for the person who's struggling. There's a person right now listening to this podcast who's having a problem with their marriage. There's people who are on drugs right now listening to this podcast. There's people who are struggling with the, affi- the afflictions of sexual sin. And this is to give you hope and inspiration and to change your perspective on who you are and what you are. We were all created in God's image. We, In the human form, there is no way you could relate to who God is. None of us can. What I, what I just gave you is a basic descriptor, right, of, of what we feel God is. Any, anything you want to add to that, uh, Brother Rob?
1: No, I think that's a very interesting perspective. Um, I think one thing this podcast will do well is to um, bring also different aspects of other bodies of knowledge into the interpretation of the scripture so for example I think um, there's often discussions about uh, constellations and the uh, way that the stars are aligning that you know sometimes play into some of the videos that that have been featured on this program before Um, there's been um, you know some subtle talk of the Illuminati if there is one you know that debate and if that plays into what we're seeing in these uh, days to come. And as well as the, you know, general knowledge in terms of um, science and politics as it's playing out, and if those are signals to us about what has been uh, forecast in the Bible regarding our future and uh, the future of believers and non-believers. So you know, I think it's a very interesting mix of this podcast will feature.
0: And one of, one of the things God has shown us in this Bible study is how to use not only the Bible but science and psychology to see what God is doing in third heaven and how it's manifesting itself in second heaven, which is outer space, and in first heaven, which is on this planet. Everything is in the spiritual world. I, I tell people all the time, the one who we are, the 1% of us is the physical body that we can touch and hold and, you know, and, and see. The other 99% of who we really are is on the spiritual side. It's, on, it, it, it's, it's your spiritual body that you're dealing with. Rob, for the listeners out there, we're going to be reteaching some of the lessons that we've already gone through because they're very real. They're very relevant to what's happening today in in the Bible. I
1: think it's a very um, different perspective that has not really been seen a lot in terms of the discussion of theology. You know, it's not usually your traditional pastor, you know, which is fine. Um, You know, it's those who read the scripture closely and interpret it their way. So, you know, I think what makes this podcast different is the, uh, the use of other bodies of knowledge that, um, you know, make things even more interesting for us to see in terms of uh, what's been discussed. Uh, I think uh, the listeners will look forward to uh, those different aspects to interpretation of things that we've heard and seen before. So.
0: The Holy Trinity, okay? So when you accept God as your Lord and Savior, or Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what happens in heaven is this. This is what I heard. I I saw this on on a YouTube video and it just blew me away. An angel takes your book and everything you do is written down in this book, good or bad, everything you do is written down. When you give your life to Jesus, these angels take the blood of Jesus and they go in and they blot out everything you did preceding you giving your life to jesus by admitting that you are a sinful creature and they blot out everything that's in it they take your book before god and he puts his seal and mark on it you are now his so everything else is written in your book after that is written in what's called your book of life and that's what all believers the ultimate thing is to become a believer in jesus christ and of god and of the holy ghost but you have to be fed you have to be fed with the knowledge of god you have to read your bible you have to pray you have to continue to study the word and digest the word so that you can continue to grow because your work is not your works that get you into heaven is you bearing fruit what you've done since you became a believer and i know a lot of people say oh i'm a christian i'm a christian i'm a christian and then they want to sit on the sidelines and not do anything at all but if you look at what happened to the apostles if you look at what happened to paul if you look at what happened to jesus himself because he was the ultimate example of what we should be doing when we're here every last one of them had their missions and they were all believers Something amazing happened to them that propelled them to go out and do the things they did. Jesus allowing himself to be that sacrificial lamb. Because if you remember, he asked for that cup to be passed from him. And from everything I've learned, the reason why he did it was not because he was afraid of dying, not because he was He, he was afraid of being tortured because he didn't want to be separated from God. And he knew during that process of being crucified for him to die on that cross because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are really one entity. There's three that are really in one entity. And I've talked to plenty of friends, Brother Rob, who said, that don't make any sense. It don't make any sense. Well, you know what? To the average human, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense all the time to me, but it's a part of my faith and belief because Jesus said himself before he left this planet and ascended into heaven, you are going to do greater things than even I. And if you remember, the apostles were sitting in the great room and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost ascended onto them and then they went out and did the things that Jesus wanted them to do same thing happened to the apostle paul so it's the holy ghost so when jesus sent it into heaven the gift he left us was himself in the spirit form is the holy ghost and anybody that truly believes in jesus christ the gospel that truly believes in the gospel at some point when you have enough faith and belief the holy ghost enters you so the holy ghost has been here since it ascended into Jesus, since it's ascended into Jesus as a dove from heaven, in my opinion, the Holy Ghost has been here the entire time. The first one to receive it was Jesus himself, because he is our great Messiah. He is the great I am. So he was the first one to receive it, and it's been here ever since. And whoever believes in him, when your faith has grown enough, you will acquire the Holy Ghost. Next on the list. Number two. Number two, <laughs> when was Jesus born? December 25th. Oh, I, thought
1: was, I thought it was December 25th. <laughs> eh.
0: <laughs> December 25th. <laughs> December 25th. I pulled an article from the uh, History Channel. And it, it this was written, uh, this was originally published in 2010. And this this came out on uh, A&E Television Network, and it talks about basically Christ is Born is the name of the article. And I'm going to read an excerpt from this. It says, every winter, Romans honored the pagan god Saturn, the god of agriculture, with Saturnalia, a festival that began on December 17th and usually ended on or around December 25th with a winter solstice celebration in honor of the beginning of the new solar cycle. This festival was a time of merrymaking and families and friends would exchange gifts. After the Roman Emperor Constantine I converted to Christianity in 312 and sanctioned Christianity, church leaders made efforts to appropriate the winter solstice holidays and thereby achieve a more seamless conversion to Christianity for the emperor's subjects. In rationalizing the celebration of Jesus's birthday in late December, church leaders may have argued that since the world was allegedly created on the spring equinox, late March, so too would Jesus have been conceived by God on that date. The Virgin Mary pregnant with the son of god would hence have given birth to jesus 9 months later on the winter sol- solstice this is what they uh, what constantine and the church at the time put out there from rome the christ nativity celebration spread to other christian churches to the west and east and soon most christians were celebrating christ's birth on december 25th to the roman Celebration was later added. Other winter solstice rituals observed by various pagan groups, such as the lighting of the Yule log and decorations with evergreens, by Germanic tribes. The word Christmas entered the English language originally as Christus Massé, meaning Christ's Mass or Festival of Christ in Old English. I always thought thought it was kind of interesting, Brother Rob, how I see every year I see people driving around in their SUVs with evergreen trees. But if you go Mm -hmm. into (laughs) the part of the world where Jesus lived, there are no evergreen trees over there. But nobody has ever made that connection as to why are we cutting out evergreen trees every year if there were none over in Israel or in Damascus or in Jerusalem or anywhere over there.
1: Well, it's an interesting comment. I mean, of course, you have the history of Europe as a continent taking over the holiday and putting its influence on it. So, you know, you got the Germanic uh, community who started the Christmas tree tradition. And it just so happened to come over to England as a result of one of the queens being German who married an English future English king. And from there, Victoria, uh, Princess Victoria became Queen Victoria. she popularized it, and she became the first person or the first ruler in Britain to really make a big deal of the Christmas tree thing. And ever since then, it just carried on from there. So it's been very interesting. But I've also seen two variations. I don't know if you've heard of Chris Mons trees. Have you? Are you familiar with that term? Or no. Have you heard that? No. Carry on. Um, it's, a, it's a tradition that the uh, that you saw in the um catholic religion where they took trees and they decorated them as christmas trees but what they did was refuse to put any secular ornaments or decorations on the tree so it's a christmas tree in terms of how it looks but the only thing you'll notice is that there's no non-secular ornaments so everything is about whatever faith it is that that tree is being uh, celebrated with so you you'll see a Catholic tree. You might see ornaments of you know the the nativity or um, you know uh, maybe small saints you know dangling from the tree, things like that. So uh, you know it's been it's been interesting to see how even though Christmas started out as a really a pagan holiday or you know its origins were that, it's been merged into almost like a full circle. Uh, its elements of it have been merged into the practice of certain Christian denominations. So. You know, it's a very interesting arc that is taken over history. And by the way, they're called Chris Mons Mons. Mons, because the word Mons means um, items that are of um, religious, that basically celebrate religious artifacts. So the ornaments themselves are just things that symbolize some of the things that are taught in different denominations, but those are called Mons, basically, which is why they're Chris Mons tree rather than a Christmas tree. Even though it's all in the same holiday, in the same uh, celebration of Jesus Christ. But, mm-hmm. The fact that we're celebrating uh, Jesus'
0: birthday and when it's not really Jesus' birthday. Right. And some of the other things that we do, like celebrating, uh, you know, the well, Sabbath, Easter. the Sabbath day mm-hmm. and Easter. Well, Easter might be a little more relevant as far as when it happened, but um, it, it, mm-hmm. the, Sunday, Sunday and <laughs> that's that's a whole whole different thing and if it but it's all part of what's going to happen and this coronavirus is part of it and i'm going to cover all those things rob, brother rob and i we're going to cover these together for you and the the object here is to open your eyes and to really see what's going on god has allowed us to break away from the traditional way of teaching his word so we're going to bring in a lot of science but everything is based in scripture, what we're doing. And you're going to see how what it, what scientists have proven really supports things that are already written in the Bible. And we're going to be showing you a lot of those things. And it's going to really open up a lot of people's eyes to a lot of different things. So as far as this Christmas tree thing, we need those trees. Trees provide oxygen. If you had to change anything about this December 25th thing, since you don't want to go back and see the real truth, and I'm going to, we're going to do a podcast actually going over the actual day or time period or month Jesus was born in. And you're going to be totally shocked. But let's keep those trees alive. We need those trees for oxygen. <laughs> we don't need to cut out any more trees. I know they look beautiful and they smell good and, and all that, but uh, th- this is something that we really need to think about. The things you're taught when you're young from the time you were born forward, 99% of the population will not question If it's valid or not and I look at Christmas as being sort of that you've always been taught that this is the way it is some little Caucasian gentleman with a beard come down your chimney chimney and what's so interesting is most houses don't even have chimneys so how do you explain that (laughs) and deliver these gifts and all this stuff it is it's so funny that they built a whole whole process around this whole thing third on the list what was Jesus's primary mission for coming here? What do you think, Brother Rob?
1: Well, I was always taught that he was here to save humanity by dying on the cross.
0: And basically, uh, what you just said is, is pretty much the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's pretty much it. Jesus was sent here right. by his father to save humanity so that we don't have to be responsible for our own sins and, and, and suffer hellfire and damnation, and even more importantly, being separated from God. Because let's, let's, let's think about this for a minute. God made the universe. Stay with me, audience. The, the, and I know scientists like to say that the universe just popped up on its own. All right, the universe is expanding. We all can agree to that. Scientists say it, too, that the universe is expanding. So what that really means is at one point, it was all one mass. There you go. There's your big bang. But where did that initial mass come from?
1: Well, That's a good question. I think that's where, for someone like myself, you can mix the religion with science. Because at the end of the day, you know, from my layman's point of view, I've always felt that, you know, science was given to us by God and the things that we have discovered were things that he revealed to us, you know, through the field of science. Uh, The Big Bang is is very interesting and, you know, it certainly makes sense, you know, when you hear it and you look at what's out there. But you always have to question, you know, what is out there beyond that? You know, we're in a Milky Way, but, you know, how did that come about, you know, and even that one big mass that theoretically exploded and created the universe you know you're right where does that come from but even then the space that that mass was in where did that come from so there's always more and more questions <laughs> that you know that you know make your mind spin as you think about god and you know how he's involved in you know and not just involved but you know running the show when it comes to the universe so it's a very interesting question well, most
0: humans can agree with this scientific fact that the human body exists in four dimensions. four we live in is X, Y, Z, and time. I'm X, physically where I'm located right now. I'm, I live in yeah. New York on Long Island. Your Y, Brother Rob, where you mm-hmm. live at in New Jersey, Z mm-hmm. is drawing a line from where I live to where you live and time would be the time it would take for me to get in my car and drive from where I live to you live. Those are the four dimensions that the human body lives in. But what's interesting is this, when the Big Bang occurred, those four dimensions essentially didn't exist, especially time, because how can you measure time if before the Big Bang, there was nothing there? And I know scientists have said, Well, you know, the mass came, it kind of came out of nowhere on its own. Okay, (laughs) let's let's fly with that for now. Let's fly with that for a second. This mass just showed up out of nowhere on its own, on its own consciousness, just said, we're going to exist now, this mass. All right, I don't believe that because it takes a highly intelligent being to put into place what is occurring around us right now. And I'm gonna explain it why. And I'm gonna gonna hit it very gently so that a lot of people in the audience can keep up with us on this. If you look at the planet Earth by itself, we are the exact distance from the sun we need to be to sustain life. If you increase or decrease our distance from the sun more than one degree, life on earth probably <laughs> exist, all right? So that's one fact that should just blow people's minds about an intelligent being putting us exactly where we need to be to sustain life. Another fact, the earth is spinning like a top, if you will, at more than a thousand miles per hour. But you notice you can't tell That the earth is spinning that fast if you increase or decrease our speed by one mph right now the whole earth would be destroyed everything on it would be destroyed so the power that it takes the omnipotence the magnificence the (laughs) everything that it takes to keep the earth moving perfectly since time began since man has been here because once man was put here then you gotta ask the question who put man here you know how sophisticated our bodies are (laughs) i could spend i mean i'm in the medical field i could spend weeks talking about the human body and all the different processes why do you think we haven't been able to create artificial intelligence to do everything that the human body does because i weigh 160 pounds to be able to create an artificial intelligent being, the machine will wind up being three to four times the size of what I am now to do, to function and do all the functionality and everything that I'm doing, that your autonomic system, your your breathing, your cell repair, your regeneration respiration, Krebs cycle, everything. It's a, you are a finely tuned instrument that was created by someone who was very, very smart. Do you know that there's thousands of bacteria in your mouth? Thousands that are natural, what we call normal flora, that are in your mouth. And a few of them are pathogenic, meaning that if you move them six inches up into your brain, it will kill
1: you. Just an aside, I was listening to a NPR report about bacteria in your mouth and how scientists were almost viewing it as basically a bunch of bacteria living in a community in different apartment buildings. And they were kind of associating (laughs) (coughs) or trying to learn which bacteria were doing what functions based on where they were on your tongue. So just to further illustrate your point of how complex things are, you know, it's amazing. Even to that degree, it's not just a bunch of bacteria on your tongue. They're actually organized in a certain way to function and to contribute to the life processes that you were discussing earlier.
0: I think it's kind of interesting because since the fall of man, and we're all considered to be um, ancestors of Adam, also known as Adam, and when Adam had his quote-unquote great fall, God already had a plan in place. And This is going back to Jesus' primary mission. God already had a plan in place because God has never learned anything. So he already knew man was going to fall, just like when he created um, Lucifer, he was God's number one angel. God pulled away, and that's when Lucifer fell into sin. But God already knew Lucifer was going to choose the path that he chose. He already knew a third of the angels was going to side with him, and this is something God already knew, just like he already knew. And it's kind of funny the way the Bible is written. When Adam, committed the, you know, Adam and Eve committed the great sin of eating off the tree of, of knowledge, that God came and you know sauntering through the garden, as it's put, and it was sort of discovered to God because He's you know that um, that not only did Adam and Eve commit a great sin, but that they were naked and they were hiding their nakedness, and so you know He's asking the question, Adam, uh, why why are you uh, clothed? What why what's that? Why are you wearing that? And Adam replied, uh, "Cause I'm uh, I'm naked." <laughs> <laughs> Who told you that I were naked? Don't think for a minute that God already didn't know as soon as he showed up, as soon as he made Adam, that he, didn't, he already knew Adam was going to fall. He already had a plan in place through his son, Jesus Christ, basically taking himself, putting himself into human form and coming to be the great sacrifice for man because none of us can relate. That's why we have Jesus. No man can relate to who and what God really is. None of us can. And it's kind of interesting, Brother Rob, I saw a YouTube video that was talking about uh, that they went into heaven. Until you pass on to the other side, which means physically die and go into heaven, you can't see God's face. He will not show you his face because to show you his 100% true essence of him Will automatically kill your body why because when you die your sin is contained in your physical body your spiritual body goes back into heaven if you belong to God if you belong to Jesus that's that's what happens so this person that went that visited heaven said that they saw the throne and they saw God on the throne basically what they said is God was so big that they guesstimated just the front of his throne alone was probably 30 miles high. That's wow. how big God was. And that's just the appearance to them that he wanted them to see. Wow! So how can any, he is so magnificent and powerful and big and perfect that the, because we are born sinful creatures, I don't care how cute your baby looks, listener. Your baby is born a sinful creature. And I could prove it to you very simply. Lying. My son is 10 years old now. And I remember he so. I remember when he was a little baby, maybe young boy, maybe three years old, two or three years old. Well, he noticed, and babies notice everything that you do. Good or bad, they're like scribes. They take down, they soak in everything that you do. And he got to a point when he was in daycare in his early years, where he noticed that when he did well, he got rewards. When he didn't do well, he didn't get a reward. So this genius on his own figured this out. If I don't tell the truth and I tell a lie, I'll still get my reward. I didn't teach him how to do that. I didn't put my son through lying school and he graduated (laughs) cum laude. He figured this out on his own. Why did he figure that out on his own? Because that's part of the sinful nature of who and what man is. It's very simple. That's a, a psychology 101. That's who we are. So God knew through Adam's sin that all man, because Adam was perfect. In every sense. He had a spiritual body at the time. He didn't. He had a spiritual body. But when he fell from grace, when he and Eve ate of the apple, their, part of their punishment was to lose their spiritual body. And they probably lost it. As soon as they ate into that apple, they automatically lost their spiritual body. So trust me, God already knew. He already felt that they had pulled themselves away from him. And he already right. had a plan in place to pull them back. Back to him. And that was through his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So Jesus' primary mission was to be the sacrificial lamb for us to die for our sins. And every time, every time we commit sin, we are putting another nail into Jesus on that cross. Listener, I want you to really think about that. This is a a man who came into this world who committed no sin. He did nothing wrong, nothing wrong, but yet he loved us so much. His father loved us so much that he allowed himself, his son, God allowed his son to be tortured, beaten. And this goes into the next number four, why was Jesus nailed to the cross? The cross was something that the Romans did to ultimately punish people who did evil things. What was so interesting is the cross was offensive to Romans, meaning that the higher, richer, wealthier, more powerful Romans didn't even talk about the cross. When they talked about the cross, it was an insult to someone else. I and nail you to the cross. It was an insult. They were hurling an insult at someone else. It's something that they did to their citizens, to the lower class. It was considered something you did to your a dog, somebody that meant nothing to you. So to them, Jesus, who was our Lord and Savior, meant nothing to them, meant absolutely nothing to them. And that's why Pontius Pilate, who said, Why, you know, why is this man even in front of me? He did nothing wrong. I see no crimes of his. Jesus wasn't a thief. He wasn't a liar. He didn't go around killing people. He said, I see no reason why this man is here. But the Pharisees who hated him because he exposed them at every possible moment, being who he was and who he is, said he's got to go. Because he left it. Remember. Pilate left it up to the the masses as to who was going to be rescued and not uh, put up on the cross. But it was something that was probably one of the worst, craziest, most humiliating things you could do to a human, Uh, not only physically, psychologically, and one of the reasons why they put you up on the cross, up on a hill, is so that everyone else around can see what's happening to you on the physical side of it what they usually did they they um usually tied you to uh the long beam and we've Mm -hmm. seen that in many historical um shows different documents have been put out and they basically make you carry your own beam through to where and they always took you outside the city because they never wanted you to be hung in the city. It was considered unpure as far as the Romans was concerned, and they hung you out on a hill outside the city somewhere. But Jesus was basically marked, He was beaten, teased, tortured. Some of the worst things that a man can do to another man that he does not know, this happened to Jesus. And I've been, hey. I'm sure you have brother Rob too. You've seen situations in our lifetimes where some people did some things they weren't supposed to do and got a little beat down. It happens. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie. Before I became a Christian, I'm like, ah, well, your mouth off. It's my punch in the mouth. Oh, well, you got what you deserve. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You got what you
1: deserve.
0: Yeah. But Jesus, oh, you
1: know, uh, my my saying was, you know, some people only understand a punch in the mouth, you know, which is not a good way to look at things, but sometimes that was the thinking too, you know. That uh, sometimes some people you can only communicate with them one way. So
0: What's that saying? A little rap on the beak to get a little bit of respect, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but Jesus did nothing to anyone. He came here with his message, with his mission to save mankind and he did it in a way that no one in history ever could have done it amen amen it was a slow and agonizing experience sometime lasting days horrible because your body is sagging you have a hard time breathing you're trying to push yourself back up plus the constant pain and torture of being nailed to the cross, very painful. We're not talking about a situation where they gave him a little anesthetic and he had an IV going to keep the pain. You experience every bit of that pain and it didn't go away. It didn't go away. So the being nailed to that cross alone, probably. I mean, the average person, it would throw you into shock, the amount of pain because your hands and your feet. Has some of the most sensitive nerve endings on your body. And anybody in the medical field knows this. Some of the most sensitive. I've I've done phlebotomy on people. I've had people who didn't have good veins in their um in, in the middle of their arm, right, right, right in the elbow. I'm trying to keep it in layman's terms for people, and I had to stick them on the back of the hand. We call it the anticubital area. Um, and I had to stick them in the back of the hand. And sticking them in the back of the hand was very painful. And this is a 22 gauge little small needle that's a little bit bigger than your sewing needle. And I'm sticking barely under the skin into a vein on the back of the hand. And I've seen people cry. I've seen, I mean, we've seen people cry getting, getting shots, vaccinations, and that's just a little needle. Imagine a big spike like a railroad spike. Everybody can relate to a railroad spike. Imagine a railroad spike being driven through your hands and your feet. Got to be crazy painful. I mean, come on now. Uh, And uh, I actually saw a, um, a video uh, years ago about the crucifixion and they went into it on, on a scientific terms about the, what it would actually take to be hung on a cross, and it, it totally blew my mind, and it made me get on my knees, and I started crying by the end of that, um, that 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 show. It was how long?
1: How long did they say that people were you know alive and aware before they died on the cross?
0: Because it's such a slow and agonizing death, people can last for days, and the oh, whole wow. time you're suffering. The whole time you're suffering. But see, God had a plan for Jesus even then. He didn't want Jesus to stay alive for days. Jesus was hung on the cross at a specific time that God deemed that was going to be part of his plan. And Jesus died at a specific hour that God deemed. That's why the Roman soldier went along and punctured Jesus side so that it would hasten his suffering and move him along a little bit further so that he could die at the specific time that God wanted him to die. And trust uh-huh. me, folks, every, all the physical things that happened to Jesus wasn't the worst thing he felt. The reason why Jesus asked for the cup to be passed from him was because he did not want to be separated. Not one second, not one second from God. And I had one pastor say this. Years ago, when I was a kid, it just totally blew me away as a kid listening to this. Um, God basically had to turn his back to Jesus for that one second, or Jesus never would have died. He had to sever that connection from himself to his son, or Jesus never would have died, never would have died. And at that moment that he turned his back, and jesus died all sin was all our sin present past and future was taken on to jesus he became the sacrificial lamb because before then the jews would sacrifice animals that was part of their ritual they would sacrifice animals and they still do it today but Mm -hmm. the, the 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 main sacrifice was the lamb of god that was jesus christ he became the ultimate sacrifice for the remission of our sins in the good old days they sacrificed a lamb or whatever god whatever was part of their ritual to sacrifice mm-hmm. for people's sins jesus became that lamb that sacrificial lamb for all of us and he took all sin unto his mighty shoulders so that we can live forever with him who believe in him Amen. Very touching. Let's talk about, because, you know, just talking about the great sacrifice that Jesus made for all of us, when you really think about it, we wouldn't be here uh, knowing what we know, doing what we do, knowing that we're covered by the blood that, that was shed on Calvary for all of our sins. Those of us who believe have the Holy Ghost in us, And we carry God's mission because when the apostles, and including Paul, all received the Holy Ghost, that's when they did their greatest works for Jesus. And all the apostles, from what I learned, including Paul, were all massacred. They were all killed. Some of them beheaded. Some of them hung. Some of them, Paul was beheaded, um, which is something else that the Romans did do but it was on a higher order than being um, than being crucified because basically Paul had dual citizenship. So he was looked at as one of them. But when he became a Christian, when, when uh, God struck him off his mule, when he was on his way to Damascus and he was blinded for three days, when Ananias, and what he did is he saw Jesus. Jesus said, "Why are you, why are you persecuting me? it shook the foundation of paul and then jesus blinded him and for those three days that he was blinded he fasted and prayed the entire three days and when ananias prayed over him and gave paul his eyesight back the holy ghost entered paul three days we got believers of christ who've been with jesus for three years who still don't have the holy ghost because they don't have the faith they don't have the belief paul did it in three days plus commercials it didn't even have commercials back then <laughs> <laughs> <So it's, laughs> amen but amen. the last thing number five on the list was jesus mary and this one is going to upset a lot of quote-unquote holy people but i'm going to use psychology to answer this one this is pretty interesting because Paul sort of led us to this, uh, the answering of this question, but I'm going to keep it very simple. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, right? Everybody knows who Mary Magdalene is. And if you look at a woman's place back then, women were definitely support. There were no women preachers. There were no women Standing up in church, leading crowds or in the synagogues or anywhere else, it was all a male dominated society, and women were a hundred percent in a support role okay
1: right.
0: there's a lot of speculation that goes about that Mary Magdalene was. One of the disciples, so that would make her the thirteenth disciple, right? <laughs> and we could go into thirteen being an unlucky number and all that other nonsense. But I'm gonna leave that alone for now. I'll touch upon it in another podcast about a women's roles and the importance of women. But I'm gonna give you a thought: if God could have brought His Son into this world just by putting Him on this planet, just by saying, "Boop, there He is." He's already grown. He's already in front of you because if God can create a universe, he could have just put his, put himself here as his son, but he did it specifically through a woman, through a virgin woman, and man had to stay totally out of it. Joseph was not allowed to touch his wife, and the immaculate conception occurred, and I'm sure he was like how can she be pregnant if i'm not the one who impregnated her and jesus and god know this in advance that's why an angel came to joseph and explained the whole thing to him so that he didn't freak out and divorce his wife or kill his wife or whatever he was going through his mind at the time because i'm sure it freaked him out as to how can she be pregnant if i didn't impregnate her she was sleeping with another man so the angel came Hmm. to him and explained it to him and then he was okay with everything But I'm saying all this, there is a specific place and power that women have in the kingdom of God. I'm going to go into a separate podcast talking about that. It is beautiful. It is of God and has nothing to do with man. So everything that God has done since Jesus touched this planet, there has been a meaning behind it. Trust me, there's a meaning. There's a reason why he did it the way he did it. So the fact that Mary Magdalene was there has an importance in the kingdom or her name never would have been written into the book to begin with. Because things that weren't that important, it wasn't important what Jesus ate. It wasn't important what Jesus wore. It wasn't important how long Jesus' hair was. It was all these things weren't that important. What was important was put was written in the Torah, which was later translated into what we now know. And probably there, there are more than probably 50 or 100 different translations of the Torah, but the one that most of us agree with and go by is the King James Version of the Bible. She was never removed from that. She's always been part of that. So that tells me she has some importance, but I'm going to show you why. Because I know you all been waiting for this. Very simple. Jesus was crucified on the cross. His body was taken down, and he was laid into a tomb. The one that the Bible says went and prepared his body was who, brother Rob?
1: Mary Magdalene. Bingo. Well, it was his <coughs> mother and Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. Bingo. Then they broke food. Yeah. The mother
0: did it because that was his mother. But why was Mary Magdalene there? Remember, the Jews had 100% specific customs and courtesies that they all abided by, especially women, especially women. All women in those day and age knew their place. Sorry, ladies, I'm not trying to put you down. This This was thousands of years ago. They all knew their place. Mary Magdalene would not have been there if she would not have been somebody that was critically important to who Jesus was, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that was Jesus' wife, Mary Magdalene, or she wouldn't have been there to help prepare his body.
1: How do you know that? That's, so you're basically saying that based on the circumstances, you have to interpret that she was his wife based on the uh, circumstances that involves her presence in the Bible. They had strict customs back then,
0: and those strict customs, especially when it came to death and burial, they were very strict on their customs and I don't think Mary his mother needed to help to go prepare the body and just say, why well, don't you just break our ritual and tag along this is This was the one of the most important the, he is the most important enigmatic figure in the history of mankind, so they're definitely going to stick to the holy processes of what they did to prepare bodies back then.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see if we, when we start having uh, listener feedback, what their thoughts are <laughs> on that. <laughs> oh,
0: well, remember, remember what we discussed. You might have
1: to, you might have, you might have to end up doing a whole show on Mary. Yeah, I, I,
0: I think we will. <laughs> you know, science is psychology. Science is psychology. And when I talk to people about God, I use a lot of science and psychology because if you got a person who don't, who's a non-believer, then to sit there and say, Romans 3.21 said blah, 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 right? And I, I, I got to, you know, <laughs> when you sit there talking to people, they're not, they're not going to believe any of that stuff because if people don't believe the Bible, then talking Bible to them is not going to make them believe it anymore so. You know, Deuteronomy 29, 29 said, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And this law means God's law, not man's law, God's law. And I could spend many conversations with people quoting scripture and blah, 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 and it's not going to affect their belief system at all. But when you start talking... Science and psychology, people will listen, they will believe because everybody believes in science, everybody believes in psychology. A hand is a hand is a hand everywhere you go on the planet, two plus two equals four two plus two don 't equal jello i 'm sorry it just don 't so we all have a basic foundation that we go by, and that basic foundation can be used to prove the existence of God and a lot of the truisms that were talked about and prophesied in the bible
1: well, it's definitely been an interesting uh top five list that you put together there
0: <laughs> well it's, it's it's been a lot of fun and
1: been a lot of uh interesting facts about uh jesus that uh we did and did enough
0: <laughs> and so, and uh, this and this is the condensed version i, I could have taken any <laughs> one of those topics and we could have spent a whole podcast just just talking about the mysteries of those things and we are going to go into more of who jesus was and who god is and what's god's plan for us and who we are right homo sapiens who we are and you know we're going to answer those questions for people do did uh dinosaurs really exist right right where we created from neanderthals where did those megalithic structures that have been carbon dated to be 12 to 15,000 years ago that weigh more than 150 tons? Stones? How were they put into place by prehistoric man? We're going to go into all that. Do aliens really exist? Out-of space aliens, not illegal aliens, outer space aliens. Do they really exist? And God has uh, shown us all a lot of things about that. And we're going to go into a lot of those topics of discussion in the next few podcasts and really dig into the trenches and show people that there is a connection with what's going on in first heaven, which is earth, second heaven, which is outer space, and third heaven, which is heaven heaven, where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is at preparing a place for us So, because he is going to come back one day and be with us and save us from ourselves basically so and uh we're going to talk about a lot of those things we're going to have fun while doing it and learn and grow together amen amen we are nothing without you father god and i know the enemy likes to say otherwise but we're going to go into great detail to really show the world at large everybody that listens to these podcasts who and what he really is. Then that only leaves one thing. People will either believe or they won't believe. And God, you put yourself out there 100% all the time as the ultimate litmus test. Every word, every word that either it could be proven or not proven, believed or not believed. And you give us that choice because you do not accept lukewarm. You do not accept middle ground from either of us. We either believe in you And we're going to be spared hellfire and damnation or we're not going to believe. And one day we're all going to suffer our own, not only physical death, but being separated from you, Father God, and experience the torture on an eternal level for not accepting you as our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Amen. So thank you, Brother Rob. It's been uh, an amazing conversation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, listener.
1: Everyone out there. All right. Until next week.
0: Until next week. Amen.